Ready for the podcast? Ready for the podcast? Let's do it. Are you playing your phone game? No, I gotta turn off my phone. Yeah, we all gotta, everyone turn off your ringers. Ringer is off. Hi, everybody. Good, we're professionals again. Hey. Hi. Hi. Welcome to uh, episode one of No One Gets to Leave the House. (laughs) (laughs) I... This is me, my parents, Liam Neeson, and the coronavirus. <laughs> uh, and guest host. We have, no, we do not. We do not have, a, we do not we do not have, have a guest host that we know about. Uh, but we are safely sequestered at home to do our unscripted podcast where we look at the uh, how much peril Liam Neeson's characters are in in his movies. Yeah, but who are you? I'm Mom. You're Carrie. Oh, yeah. you're he's, the And you're the birthday boy. Happy he's, birthday he's Patrick. to you. I'm Patrick. And I'm Dan. Uh, this podcast is being recorded on a different day than usual uh, because it is uh, a very important day because it's St. Patrick's Day. And so we had to watch a very Irish movie. And then we thought, well, as long as we're watching an Irish movie, I mean, we'd be foolish not to watch a Liam Neeson movie because he's been in so many Irish movies. Yeah. Because he's Irish. He's but he a wasn't fan. a priest. He was not one. a priest in this one. No. <laughs> he did his other thing that he does when he's being Irish and he was... Part of the troubles. He was part yes. of the part of the, part of the IRA. All right, so I this time around we've watched a Prayer for the Dying, nineteen eighty seven, starring uh, Mickey Rourke. Starring Mickey Rourke. I Bob we, Hoskins. Would we Alan like to Bates. get started on the people who are in this or the making of this one? I don't know. The Zero to Neeson was about well, two seconds. Well, the Zero seconds. to Neeson was yeah. They had to get through the opening credits of. Who's they had in to it. show uh, Mickey Rourke first yeah. and then him. And then he stepped into frame, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if he stepped in or the the, yeah. the frame just found Pretty him. Much. At so any rate. Mickey Rourke has been in some things. I mm-hmm. uh, he started out in he got his first big start in 1982. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1987, same year as this, was the movie Angel Heart, where he was the main mm-hmm. character in that one. That mm-hmm. was kind of a big deal. His other three best knowns on IMDb are from his kind of renaissance in the late 2000s. Uh, when he was in, it started with Sin City in 2005, mm-hmm. uh, then The Wrestler in 2008, and then Iron Man 2 in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since then, he's kind of gone back to Grindhouse B movies. Well, and I have to be honest that I did not recognize him. I did Rocky. not either. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would have recognized him in any He was a young guy. No, it took me a while to get a uh, read on him because I have not seen early Mickey Rourke movies. Right. This is easily the earliest one I've seen by a significant margin. And and Mr. Liam Neeson is a very young man. In well, yeah, film. but we knew who to look for. And we've seen, <laughs> we've seen lots of him with him in it. That's true. So that was kind of a left But we didn't turn. see lots of him in this movie. Yeah, he was in this As movie. A, no, I meant him. like... You know, the times when we've seen lots, lots of, of him. him. Ah, yes. No, there's no stunt butts for him. <laughs> no. I, Bob <laughs> Hoskins, I, who Dad correctly pointed out being the guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I think he did a really good yeah. job. Very believable. Yeah. yeah. Um, I cared about his character. I, yeah. I really did. He was also uh, the main guy in the movie Mona Lisa from 1986. I don't remember that. Mm, is that not, with Julie see, Roberts? No, no, no. It was a Sammy Davis. Oh, which is why she's probably in this movie. Huh? Mm. <laughs> huh? Uh, the female. There, there were three females in this one. The highest billing was a lady by the name of Sammy Davis. She's done some things. Mm-hmm. Not really a big deal. Uh, uh, Bob Hoskins 
those of you who are nerdier people will nerdier recognize... than me oh yes okay will recognize him from the 1993 cult classic Super Mario Brothers <laughs> in ah. which he played Mario 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 ah. his last name is also Mario by yes way. Mario and Mario. his brother Luigi Mario <laughs> that's why they're the Mario Brothers yes uh, that had to be figured out later in life when they figured out, wait, hold on, if they're the Mario brothers, that means his last name is Mario. <laughs> oh, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, the uh, particular guy that uh, near the end where you're asking, who's that guy? And we determined it to be Leonard Termo. Oh, yes, Leonard Termo. Uh, he's been a guy in lots of things. However, a uh, former New York businessman changed his career in the mid-70s to become an actor close friend of Mickey Rourke. Oh, how about that? Wonder, I bet you that's how he got in this movie. Sure, sure. Uh, Bill Conti, who I believe we've talked about, did the music for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us to remember what music he's done, Rocky and four of its sequels, Karate Kid and all of its sequels, For Your Eyes Only, The Right Stuff. Now, who was this? This is Bill Conti. Music guy. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he got uh, an Academy Award for the score... Best Original Score for The Right Stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, nominations for uh, the song Gonna Fly Now from Rocky. And mm. the title song for Four Your Eyes Only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was the musical director at the Academy Awards 19 times. Wow. Holy bullies. I didn't know that. Now, the actual business of this movie getting made is actually something that we gotta talk about. We do? Well, yes. okay. Well, Let's first do it. of all, the film, because it said it was a... It was Jack Higgins's A Prayer for the Dying. Okay. Jack Higgins is a novelist. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, he, uh, his I bet the book was better than the movie. His breakthrough novel, The Eagle Has Landed, was adapted into a successful film as well. Uh, the Eagle Has Flown. Yeah, he's written a few things. Are they all about the IRA? I... Well, you can't tell. Some of them were. For instance, okay. Day of Reckoning, I believe, probably is. Okay. All right. <laughs> I... But the actual making of the film, boy, there's some stuff going on there. Uh, the novel was adapted for Canadian TV in 1985. Mm-hmm. The producer raised the entire budget from Sam Goldwyn sure. of the MGMs. Right, Samuel Goldwyn Mayer. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Metro they had Goldwyn Mayer. Different director who left with uh, due to creative differences. Sure, that means we can't uh, get along. The original director apparently wanted to make an Irish Rambo. Whereas oh, I, really? Peter Snell was aiming for something with far less violence and far more suspense, said Alan Bates, who played the bad guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, the script was a very good adaptation of Jack Higgins' novel, Rourke said, but he's worried that it might be too violent. That is not, my, not a kind of picture I want to make in any case, especially not the kind of picture I want to make after doing some research on Northern Ireland. Sure. Uh, Rourke was paid a million pounds, part of the pay or play or pay deal where you get paid up front. Okay. And if they kick you off, then you still get it, which was a thing that apparently had happened. I looked that okay. up. Okay. All right. The uh, director said it, uh, Mickey Rourke spent months perfecting an Irish accent. Okay. Was, I was wondering. He, I he didn't is, think it was he real. He is born of Irish, an Irish parent. Mm-hmm. But he was Irish. born in the, uh, what is the funniest named town you can think of on the East Coast? Hoboken. Uh, the other one. Schenectady? Oh. Correct. Uh, I don't think Schenectady is as funny as Hoboken. Okay, whatever. However, he's correct. Uh, oh, got, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's two out, of, yep. two out of two guesses. That's their original music composer was fired due to creative differences. 
and they hired Bill Conti to finish it. Well. Hmm. Uh, Mickey Rourke met some IRA guys. For the priest character, he said, priests can be so sanctimonious on the screen, and I didn't want a Barry Fitzgerald or a Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to be a working class priest, a rough diamond. So he cast Bob Hoskins. Huh. I And he did a good yeah. job with but that I think character. he was very believable. He seemed, yep. yeah. he seemed human. Well, it helped that he got into a fight. Yeah. No, but I think and even won. before the fight, <laughs> he seemed very human. Yeah. Uh, Alan Bates on his role. There's a kind of ghastly pleasure in playing people like that, referring to an out-and-out villain. It's a side of oneself that, if it's there, one doesn't usually explore. This man, in this movie, is so caught up in his own evil that he's lost perspective. Though in a very peculiar way, he has his own morality. He won't hurt old ladies, for example, and he takes genuine pride in what he does. Death is an art form for him. The film is about conscience, but there's a macabre wit and a heightened sense of style in it. Which mm. I kind of agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hodges, the uh, producer, said he delivered his cut of the film to Goldwyn in March, and the company, without consulting him, re-edited it and replaced its musical score. Wow. Uh, some people liked it, some people didn't. Hodges tried to get his name taken off the film multiple times. He called it a piece of schlock for the American market divested of any kind of poetry or subtlety. Also, Jack Higgins called it the best film made from one of his novels. <laughs> so, how many films were made from one of his novels? Well, more than one. More than one, so, apparently. <laughs> so, the, the music that we got... He, according to the producer, is not the music that he put in his original cut. Not, necess- not all wow. I. But I would assume that... They tried sa- to use music to soften Fallon. They felt he was unpleasant and unsympathetic and that they could overcome that with music. If you, he, I said, if you don't like Fallon, there's nothing you can do with music or anything else to make him likable. I don't think they ever understood the character. What they have done to the movie makes quite certain the audience will never understand him either. Hmm. I'm not sure. Well, I felt like by the time we got to the end, I had a very different understanding of the main character than I did yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Very, very, very different. Yeah. And it it made the title of the film uh, seem very relevant. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, I, th- I think I was surprised at how I changed my attitude toward the main character by the end. One more fact about filmmaking. The film was due to open the London Film Festival on November 11th, 1987, but was pulled following the IRA's Remembrance Day bombing on November 8th. Oh, wow. Because this film was released 11 years before the Troubles ended, so it was very much a thing, a going concern. It was still a thing. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, the film was delayed to, delayed its showing. Delayed release. Because of bombs. Because there was. Real things. Yeah. Because that was really still happening. And that's about all I have for. History Day. History Day. Because this is like homeschool. Yeah. On to actual the movie. I I'm not entirely sure why the first scene had to be there specifically the way they did it. It there's a there's a few times when they use extremely high stakes as lazy screenwriting so that you understand people's character very quickly. Well, I think not in an organic that, storytelling way. I think they got you they got you thinking different thoughts about Rourke's character with the opening scene. They did because of his unspoken no dialogue reaction yeah but at the you, same you time you got to you got to see that he's questioning his moves yeah. but it was also right? major shock factor yeah. it was yeah. not very subtle 
Yeah, and that's this true. Mo- there are times when this movie is very subtle, and I like it. Mm-hmm. And there are times when it's not. Right. And this comes up a lot uh, in other films uh, where you... It's very it's a very quick way to get across character development and plot progression, mm-hmm. but it's not interesting necessarily. Yeah, I for any because this is at the beginning and it's not huge spoilers of the rest of the plot. I don't know. I don't talk about it because I think if somebody wants to watch this, to me it was it was a shock factor. It was right very, at the beginning, yeah. and and it was surprising. Yeah. I think the late for us the really super lazy writing was the use was the use of um sexual sexual harassment man superhero of the 80s you know Uh, that makes you a really bad man if you are abusing the ladies yes and again that that's the laziest screenwriting of all and Mm -hmm. i to make somebody a really bad guy yeah and i understand that it's you know i've said it's quick and dirty i've I've said this on the podcast before where it's it feels weird to call sexual harassment, lazy writing, when in the real world, it's not lazy writing. It's, in fact, a big problem and we should all stop doing it. And some mm-hmm. people, it's been very bad for them. But at mm-hmm. the same time, if you are, you know, the controller of the story, to choose to put that in mm-hmm. says something about what you consider acceptable to let other people view. That's true. Where a someone who has a little more respect for what people want to view mm-hmm. would find another way to make someone be unlikable. And there's lots of ways of making people be unlikable. I mean, that guy's haircut, for one. <laughs> he was pretty unlikable from yeah. the haircut perspective. That's Like, true. you don't have to actually, you know, put your hands on someone. You can just have him be kind of in the background going, <gasps> and that'd be good enough. <laughs> Daniel made a really creepy face there. I just want you See? To know. It's perfect. You don't have to... You don't have to have... No dialogue, three seconds, and already people go, oh, I don't like him. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is bad. But uh, the way it's working out is uh, Mickey Rourke's character wants out of... The whatever, business. Whatever business he's been in, he wants to not be part of the business anymore. And he's found someone that will get him new in a, a new ID of some kind. And this person says, yes, we will give you this new ID, and we'll give you cash money. And he goes... Okay, I like cash money, but now there's a catch, isn't there? And he goes, well, I'll kill a guy. I'll uh, just kill one just guy. Just one guy. I'm like, I'm done killing. It's, like, it's just one guy. It's just one. It's one. You open the can of Pringles and you kill one guy and you're done. You don't have to keep doing it anymore. Good thing it's not Lay's. Yeah. Because you can't. Just one. Yeah. Uh, once you pop the fun on top, is Pringles, Mom, not Lay's. I know, but Lay's, bet you can't eat just one. That's all all a problem. (laughs) (laughs) So he decides that, you know what, fine, I'll close the can of Pringles after I'm done killing this one guy. Uh, And it turns out that he... He does a good job of killing the guy. He does a good job of killing the guy. He doesn't do a very good job of being sneaky about it. That's because he's in costume. He's in costume and is seen by Bob Hoskins. (laughs) Uh, and, and that makes for yeah. the rest of the film. And what follows is a series of care of, I think, very good character explorations of Mickey Rourke's character and I. Uh, what was his name? The bad guy. Alan. Alan. Fun. Starts with a B. Alan Bates. Alan Bates. That's yeah, the one. His character. Alan Bates. Both of them, I think, had good explorations of character. Uh, Bob Hoskins also to mm-hmm. a point. Other people participating in the film. Did not have much character progression. They just kind of existed. 
Right. Including the uh, Sammy Davis character, who she was used kind of as a foil, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. instead of as a full character. I think we could have seen a little more from her. Right. But that would have made the movie a lot longer. It would have, and it would have meant that we would have to respect women and boy. And that one character, that was not his gig. I'll tell you, Sammy Sammy Davis did okay. She actually had some lines and some acting to do. Mm -hmm. But the other two blonde women did not. Not so much. Really lame dialogue. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars, original Star Wars level. I did look up. Sammy Davis is not blind, and while she did do some good parts, like when she was lighting the candle, mm-hmm. that seemed like she was feeling around a lot. Mm-hmm. When she was getting ready for the, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, she was definitely looking around. <laughs> That's because she wanted to see it. She wanted to see Mickey Rourke. <laughs> uh, but in any case, we do kind of have to talk a little bit about Liam Neeson, what he's up to. So, in the opening scene, he is helping out with the thing what doesn't go right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he in is, Ireland in the 1980s, and he escapes from the badness. Uh, mm-hmm. And we don't know if Mickey Rourke's character does or not. Spoilers: He does because he's in the next scene. Mm-hmm. And this movie would be weird if the actual title character <laughs> disappeared after one af- scene. After one scene, uh, but Liam Neeson has been uh, acquired to silence. Mickey. He needs to either bring. Mickey Rourke's character back to Ireland or he needs to take him out. Yeah. And unfortunately for Liam Neeson, they are friends. It's and he hard can't to, kill his friend? You can't kill your friend. Uh, he is so torn up about it and he yells at him and he tells him to go and then and then mom and I were not paying attention and dad was. And <laughs> I the was paying attention. goes from zero to ten real quick. Real quick. I was paying attention to her costume, which was so 80s that I was blinded by what else was happening in the scene. Mm-hmm. And yeah. me, Big I'm, shoulder pads, rolled up cuffs, and I was oversized only half jacket. Oversized silencer. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. I was, was only Annie half Hall. paying attention because... It did not, I didn't put the two and two together that that's what would happen. I just thought, oh, she's going to come in and they're going to complain a bit about, you should have done this. Well, I, he's my friend. Blah, 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 blah. And then maybe they'll get in a fight and he she'll was, leave in a huff. And I joked and said, because the scene opened on Liam Neeson. Uh, lounging. Lounging on what looked like a single bed in, a youth, a, in a youth a, hostel. With a large bottle. With a large bottle of liquor. It looked like two nights of It looked like a motel. Yeah, it was a little nice on the wall. It looked like an actually nice place. I don't think that looked all that nice. Well, well, you go ahead and say that. Nicer than a youth hostel. Well, okay. Uh, But But, yeah, we thought, oh, the parameter has been pretty low so far. (laughs) And oh! (laughs) Whoops! Then Liam Neeson becomes Sir not appearing in this film anymore. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that happened. The, they did. They did appropriate makeup on his face. I don't think so. He no, looked like he a, a cadaver. In, no, he just had a hole in his head. <laughs> it was there. a lot of weird makeup. Yeah, uh, but okay. And you're the, just talking and, about the mortician yeah. guy. No, I'm talking about Liam Neeson's head. And oh, the okay. film ends with uh, mutually assured destruction for the main characters. And there is a prayer for the dying. And there is a prayer for the dying at the very end of the movie. Without saying the title of the movie in the movie. They did not say the name of the movie in the movie. Yes. Nope, they just did it. I appreciate that. Yep. So, all in all, it's not a great movie. Like, it's not going to be... I'm not going to rent it again. Yeah. Yeah. If you can find it at your library, pay your zero dollars and watch it. Yeah. I would not 
say that's it's okay. Amazon Prime, you know, you got to get the this four one. Bucks. Worth the four bucks. But, well, eh. you know, we learned something new. Yeah. yeah. And we're kind of cheapskates when it comes to paying for movies. I yeah. don't know. We do okay. All right. Uh, we got to talk about the peril. Now, throughout the entire movie, the peril is right around the... Z- well, at the beginning, he's being shot at. He's, he is being shot at, so it wasn't a zero at the beginning. It wasn't a zero the entire movie. But the whole rest of the movie was pretty much yeah, a zero. there are two points of high peril. And mm-hmm. the rest of the film is very low. Mm-hmm. However, right. it does end on very high peril. Yeah. It ends on totally high peril. So... Well, it ends for several people with high peril. Well, we only care about the one. So. But we care about the one... For the meter. Which, yeah, which definitely is... I don't know that it should get a 10. Mm-hmm. It definitely shouldn't get a 10. 10s are... Movies like The Grey, where it was constant, Con- lots of peril, peril for a long time. What was the one about the what the wolves? That was, was yeah, the that was the great. one. Oh. That was the one. That's see, oh. it's nowhere near that. Like no. yeah, constant, yes, constant yes, he, peril. yes, he dies at the end, but okay. So what are, have we done? Tens for other ones? We're getting. We've done we've ten done, for a couple. We've done tens and nines for I think other. We ones. did ten the time he died twice. We did do ten the time he died twice. Okay, that was probably a mistake. Yeah. Well, he only but, died once this time. Yeah, he only and, died once. And I think with that one, it's because he wasn't in the movie very much, and when he was in the movie, he was dying. <laughs> he was in peril. This one, he's in the movie plenty of times when he's not in peril. Yes, and so we know for certain that the, he's not. the peril meter was was slight at the beginning, where he was being chased by people shooting. But yeah. I don't know that I could go down to an uh, eight. Really? Well, what are the eight movies? They're not. They're not such high peril. He doesn't die in the eight movies. Uh, yeah, he does. Okay, which one? The Deadpool. I didn't watch that. Yeah, you did. Huh? You sure? Didn't you watch that with your friend on the internet? No, that was no, that was I uh, Dark Man, and then we gave that a nine point five. I <laughs> uh, because we were still young and giving Michael 0.5s. Collins is an eight. There's a lot more peril in Michael Collins. More continue. More more continuous. More, peril. Um, it's yeah. sprinkled throughout. There's some sevens here, like K Nine, The Widowmaker. Is a seven. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. one's there is like nuclear junk going on. <laughs> I could be talked into an eight, probably, but not I was gonna say five. Mm. Oh my goodness, five! I don't think we. Can I don't five. five. Yeah, the problem is that other movies, the higher numbers tends to be. We want uh, chronic, like constant peril. I but I not think... high necessarily high, but constant single bursts of problem. I think single burst of being shot in the head is pretty high peril. Well, it was... I'm real glad we've been incredibly consistent about it, our numbering system. Does it make a difference that it was very startling and very very much a surprise and unexpected? For one or two of us. This is... <laughs> no, I mean, it was kind of like... It was all of a sudden not, oh, this is going to happen thing. For you guys, it was more of a, this happened but wait a minute. I saw it coming for all of two seconds. This is a very subjective podcast. It is. Of course it we is. We could rename it the Subjective Podcast. No, Probably shouldn't. Boring, that would no. really mess with people's filings. <laughs> yeah, it's not nearly as much fun as a title either. Yeah. All right. I can't go so, down to a five. I was I was thinking nine. Going to have to find some compromise ground, Dan. Pretend we're uh, Fine, in the seven, legislature. Fine, a five and a nine. <laughs> Seven. Oh, that kind of hurts. Seven? It's halfway between a five and a nine. That's the best compromise I got. Mm, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I, fe- I should just give in and get it over with. I mean, I'm the one with the spreadsheet open right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan can type in whatever I can type whatever he wants. I want. <laughs> we decided on a five. <laughs> 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 All 
Also, mom is a <laughs> mom. My mom wears combat boots. <laughs> oh wait a minute, those not are hiking usu- boots. Not usually. <laughs> that would have been from the seventies. Oh seven. <sighs> this is what adult life is all about. It's compromise. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. Are you going to compromise to that degree, or is that too much? I'm compromising yep. to seven. Okay. All right. As long that's as Dan- we'll that's what then. Daniel actually put I on. I actually the- put in seven on the <clears throat> spreadsheet. No. I put it. You know what? We're adults here. Yep. Well, most of the time. Most of the time. All right. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Be safe. Be healthy, people. Yep. Oh, Wash yeah. your hands. Bye. <laughs>